Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. What's up, everybody? It's time for another installment of Here Come the Young Guns as we're going to talk about the 2012 NBA draft. We're going a little recent on you for this week. Tim Daniel here, excited as always to be holding it down with my man, 100 grand, Mr. Ben Brown. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Timmy, man. What's going on, buddy? Another beautiful night here in Florence, Kentucky, ready to talk some 2012 NBA draft. Excited about this one. Uh, ready to get into it for sure. Absolutely. So, as always, in tribute of Big Black, we are going to do work tonight. And do work. We are going to have a lot of fun with this one. Uh, as always, before we get a shout-out, I'll let you know it's coming up on the Corner 3 Network, so you can get ready for this week's episode, which will be up on Friday. We're going to discuss... The Boston Celtics bitter breakup still 10 years later. We're going to touch on that after KG's Area 21. Catch you up on the playoffs. And also, don't forget next week, we will have a show up on Wednesday to recap the NBA draft lotteries. We're going to record as soon as it is out. So, Ben, with that being said, man, it's 2012. The Kentucky Wildcats under John Calipari finally win a title. The Miami Heat have their run going. Things are looking fun in basketball. And the draft comes around. And... Kentucky has four kids leave early, as always. I mean, that's kind of how it goes now, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. The New Orleans Pelican, no, the New Orleans Hornets. Ooh, my apologies. The Hornets back then, yes. Yeah, win this year's win this lottery, and all the signs point to a young six ten man by the name of Anthony Davis. Now, you and I, being so close to the University of Kentucky, we know this young man awfully well. He is a very talented player who just gets better all the time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we see these Kentucky kids go to the NBA, and they have nights where they're dropping 40 and 50. You don't see this in college because they don't have to. Him especially, if you remember the national title game, I think he literally had six points, but still yeah. one most outstanding player of the tournament. Um, he is just, you know, obviously reports are going into a senior year of high school. He has a giant growth spurt. So you watch, you see the ball handles of a point guard, uh, but you see the rebounds and blocking skills of a power forward. Man, it just... And I have to say, in my years of watching the Calipari-era Kentucky teams, he's definitely one of my four or five favorite players to ever come through, along with guys like Wall and this year's De'Aaron Fox. Um, I was so excited to see what Anthony Davis could do in the league. Oh, absolutely. He um, he was one of those guys that you had uh, – he kind of snuck up on us because of the growth spurt in high school. So you didn't start hearing about him until you know his senior year. And in Kentucky, you know, they're just raving about this kid with all these skills and play point guard. And now he's uh, a 6'10 guy that can stretch the floor, can dribble. Um, he hadn't developed that much of a jump shot yet, but enough of a jump shot in the college game to be dangerous. Um, he also was a long kid, could get to the rim. Um, and the thing about the coolest thing about Anthony Davis is that he was. He was one of my all-time favorite Wildcats. I mean, that's saying a lot. But the cool thing about him was that in, on the biggest stage, in the biggest night, he didn't take over the game offensively, but he did everything he could rebounding-wise and defensive-wise and blocking shots and steals and all the other little things that, I mean, I've never seen a, a somebody get that kind of press and attention for doing the little things of basketball that made it that made them win that game. So I mean it was just his ability 
and the things he was able to do to affect the game on all aspects of the game was just phenomenal. And he, I mean, he carried that team throughout the, I mean, granted, they had four other guys drafted, you know, and, and had a lot of star uh, talent and potential, but Anthony Davis was the, the creme de la creme, as they say, and he um, dominated that national championship game by defense and, and rebounding and doing those little things and was rewarded by being the uh, tournament player of the year. He was so good in college. Oh, my God. He was, you know, mm-hmm. I was to the point where I was worried he set the bar too high for his NBA days. And um, he jumped over that bar probably three times because his NBA game is even more outstanding because in New Orleans, you know, before they got boogie, he was the guy. Uh, if you remember mm-hmm. when they played Golden State in the playoffs, they got swept. But he made every game feel like a game. So, yeah, they lost mm-hmm. four games and none. But Anthony Davis was the best player on the court in those games. Uh, I've talked mm. about that many of times on our show. Um, and so it was just awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. I, I always enjoyed the, uh, that. So And, you know, watching what he's done in the NBA, I've always been very excited to see. Now, yeah. the next pick, interestingly enough, is another Wildcat, as this is the first time we saw this in a while. I think it's mm-hmm. ever. First time ever. I'm sorry. Yeah, first I time am, ever. I am underselling John Calipari's national championship team. <laughs> He's got a podcast, too, so he might hear this, so i got to make sure I yeah. get it right. Yeah, you better make sure you get that right. Yeah. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. All right, so Michael Kidd-Gilchrist not, hasn't necessarily had the career Anthony Davis had in the league. Um, but I'll tell you what, he is a glue guy, and he is one of my favorite glue guys in basketball. He's such a good defender, and mm-hmm. he certainly deserves to be in a starting lineup. He's out, you know, he's a very high basketball IQ guy. He's not a great offensive guy by any stretch of the matter, but his length, his ability to rebound. Um, at one point this year, actually, he was leading the Hornets in rebounding as a three, which I think the only time you've seen that is probably LeBron. So, yeah. um, just you know, just a really awesome player that on the defensive side of the ball. But you know, we're gonna talk about his Kentucky days, and he was that guy, man. Where um, you know they were the two heralded guys that come into Kentucky, Davis and, and Gilchrist, because he was Gilchrist and he wasn't Kid Gilchrist officially yet. Putting mm-hmm. it out there, um, but. Uh, he at times when I at Kentucky when I was like, man, he looks like Kevin Durant because he would just be taking over games. He'd be so fast up and down the court. He didn't shoot like Durant, obviously, but the athleticism, the explosiveness, it had a little at a mini KD SEC wise to him. Yeah, absolutely. He, um, Michael Michael Gilchrist. What I remember about him there at at, um, at Kentucky was just he was just freakishly athletic. I mean, he just did things on the court that. You know, you're like, gosh, you would look and you'd be like, man, this guy is going to translate so well to the NBA because he does so many things so well. And he was just a guy that that no matter what you saw him do, he was always going to top that. And to think about his pro game is that I don't think he's even reached his potential yet. I agree. I mean, he's he is kind of on the cusp of. He's one of those guys where we haven't seen the best of Michael Kidd Gilchrist yet. In his in his in his um, NCAA days, I mean, he was he was a kid that had you know he had a lot of talent around him, but you could tell that he was a guy that was made for the NBA, and he hasn't reached his potential yet. And I think he's his game is still growing. We'll see here in the next you know two to three years. Um, when he gets a little bit of more talent around him and he can stay a little bit healthier, um, I think the sky's the limit is still for, for Michael Kidd. So I think he is just 
Um, he is just a, a great athlete, and you know, the goat picks you to play on his team. Goat being Michael Jordan. I mean, he sees something in you. Now, not saying I'm saying Michael Jordan is the the greatest of, of GMs. <laughs> not saying that, but you know, that was a that's a young that's a young team. It's got a, a Kimball Walker on it, who is you know is starting to hit his oh his god he a little is. bit too, which. You know, Kimba's starting to come into his own. That's only going to make him better. So, you know, Kid Gilchrist is going to grow, and I think he's his his best is still yet to come. I think that that young team down there um, in Charlotte is going to going to have something special within the next couple of years. I'm with you, man. It doesn't hurt either that Steve Clifford's their coach, and he is a guy that can get the best defense out of you, and yes. to where he can they can suffocate you. Uh, I mean, they had a really good playoff series. Obviously, they didn't make it this year, but the year before with Miami. And I think, you know, I agree with you. And that, the other thing we have to remember about Kate Gilchrist is he hasn't played a whole year yet. Um, no, so, he has not. Like, that's going to be a huge thing there. Um, but talking about guys who are still in the playoffs and doing work, the number three pick in this draft is one of my new favorite players. I think is probably one of the two or three best shooting guards in the league. And Mr. Bradley Beal. Yes. Um, I didn't love him coming out of Florida, Ben. I'm not going to lie not, to you. No, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. I was not a fan of his. I was not a fan of his at all. I, I did not feel like his game would translate. I thought he was very streaky. Yeah. I thought um, there were a lot of a lot of things that I didn't like about him coming out of college. I know. I, I, felt the, I mean, all those things you said, I felt the same way. And then he just, like, you know, he had a, a year there, his first couple of years in the league, where he was a little eh. And then last year he was hurt. And then this year, it just seemed like it all came together for old Mr. Beal. Obviously, having Mr. John Wall as your point guard, the best point guard in the East, doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's just so good. So good. He's such a great long-range shooter. Super athletic. A very high basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. He's just, he does so many things right on the court. I really have no problem in saying that I think he could. He might be Eastern Conference clay. Oh, yeah. I, I would agree with that. I think that... The thing that I like about him the most is his toughness. I think he's oh, just God, a tough, tough individual player. Um, you know that people are going to focus on John Wall, but you also know that Bradley Beal is in the building. So, I mean, he's not mm-hmm. getting slouches against him either. So, I mean, he's going against some of the best players in the league. And even in these playoffs, I mean, he's going against, you know, a Boston team that plays phenomenal defense. They play phenomenal defense, and he is going out and, and doing work. I mean, he's just a solid, solid player. And I, like you said, in college, I was not enamored with him at all. I was really kind of shocked that they had they had gotten that pick and he had gone that high. And I don't know, you know, you know, I got to give the Wizards a lot of credit because they saw more in him than I saw in him when he was in college. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't a good player in college. I just didn't think it would translate that well. And, I mean, and it has. I mean, he's. He is a a solid shooter. I mean, he is a good Robin to John Wall Batman. That's a great I mean, point. He is, yeah, he is. He has done a, an excellent job of filling his role there with Washington. Yeah, I think when you think of, when you think about NBA backcourts, um, obviously Steph and Clay are probably one uh, you know the top group that people talk about. But uh, Steph, and, I think when if you talk about you know the best guard combo, Steph and Clay probably one. That's fair. Um, Lillard and Lillard and uh, McCollum probably two. But mm-hmm. I think these two, I think those two guys being Wall and Beal, really give those two a run for their money and being that, in that echelon group. Mm-hmm. I I would definitely agree with that. And Wall and Beal, man, I mean, you think about it, they're, 
I mean, they're young. Man. Yeah, they're they young. Are. They're young in the game, man. I, this is just kind of their coming out party. I mean, this they are they're young in the game. That's going to be a a long, long time before you you know you're going to have a chance at beating those guys consistently. Now, Boston Boston is young and hungry too, but Beal and Wall are, are those are two guys that are going to be around for a long time. They're going to create problems for a lot of people. You know, the Washington team, I just think they're missing one more player. I, mean, I do need, too. I think they need, they're one I think they're one solid post player away. Now I know we have talked about this before, but like a Boogie Cousins mm-hmm. or or somebody tough like that down on the block, they're that person away from being uh taken over the East. So I, I think that if they had one solid player on the block, um I mean, I think the sky would be absolutely the limit for them because those two guards, those two guards are a problem. And I think if you added a post player, that would be that that would make them that much more dangerous and effective. If they had a guy that could score twenty and get you ten to twelve rebounds on the low post. Yeah, dude, I, I completely agree, and uh, they're just so fun, you know, to watch. And I can't wait to see how they grow. Um, Absolutely. Talking about it, Ben, you know, it's a trend here on here come the young guns to point out the players that have played with Mr. LeBron James. We found yes. our first in this draft, and this is a guy that personality-wise is a number one overall pick, and basketball-wise is getting better and better year by year. I'm talking about my boy Dion Waiters. One, yes. Dion, if you're listening, stay in Miami, build something special there. Unless you're coming to Chicago, that's cool. You can come to Chicago. Um, <laughs> but, dude, we're talking about a kid. So this draft is 2012, four or five years ago. We're mm-hmm. talking about a kid that has already played with Kyrie, LeBron, Kevin Love, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. Like He has been around the – I mean, he's played for great teams already. He has been in winning cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was amazing this year. Just so good for that Miami team, especially on that yes, stretch of 1130. Uh, coming out of coming in the draft though, coming out of Syracuse, he was a sophomore. He was the youngest guy drafted so far in this draft, uh, mm-hmm. as far as these first couple picks. And he was the guy that really, really had to work for him because he came in strictly as a shooter. And um, don't be wrong, most of his NBA career he has been strictly a shooter. But uh, Waiters is a fun guy. He reminds me a lot of J.R. Smith. And um, I really I was going to say that (laughs) (laughs) he's a younger J.R. Smith. I mean, with with so much swagger and confidence in his game. That's exactly what I was going to say. And he's so fun. Like when he hit that three to beat the Warriors this year, he did the pose. I I love Deion Waiters. I love him. Yeah. Deion Waiters to me, uh, he was a guy that had to grow on me. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Because at first you think, oh, man, he's just, you know, this brash, arrogant kid and He's been traded all over, and I, I agree with you, man. He needs to stay in in uh, Miami because I think that um, between him, they're going to need another. They're going to need another point guard. But you have Hassan Whiteside, who I believe uh, once he develops more of his offensive game, I mean he will be a he will be a problem because I I like his game already because Me he too. plays tough defense. He's a rebounder. He's going to get you 16 to 18 rebounds a night, um, and he's uh, he is defensive-minded. Um, and I think Waiters with that, I think Waiters with his confidence and the way that he goes about his business, I think Waiters could be, could be so effective. Mm-hmm. He could be so effective down there, and I think I hope he stays down there, like you said, unless he goes to Chicago <laughs> for, your, 
for your sake. Yeah. Or the Pacers. I mean, I wouldn't mind that either. I mean, I'd, I, it'd be great for him to be a Pacer. I would oh love it. Oh, my God. It, but, I want that. You know, I want Deion Waiters and Lance Stevenson and, of the same team. Lance Stevenson? Oh, yeah. Put all of them with, together. You know what I mean? You know, put Matt Barnes on there. I'll put all the crazies <laughs> on there. Let, let's go at it. Let's have some fun with this thing. That'd but, no, like- Deion, Deion Waiters, man, he uh, he was another one that came out of Syracuse. Um, I, I mean, he had he had potential strictly as a shooter. Um, I wasn't sure how his game was going to translate um, in the NBA, just being a strictly shooter. But he's developed so much. And like you said, when you play with guys, LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin Love, Kevin Durant, I mean, when you play with guys like that, you're going to pick up nuances to your game and make that make you better. So I, it's good to see that he has grown, that he's grown so much as a player. Um, and I, and his success in in, uh, in Miami will will show the growth that he's had, and it's shown the growth that he's had. He's uh, he's going to be a special player. I, I like what he's done down there. I hope he just stays the course. Yeah, me too. Side note, if anyone ever wants to read a really, really good article that Dion Waiters himself wrote, check out the Players' Tribune. He told a story about coming up from living in Philly and being in really tough neighborhoods. And uh, the, the experience of when he met Pat Riley is by far like, I don't laugh out loud often when I read articles, but him telling the story of Pat Riley being like the godfather is a perfect analogy and it's something everyone's going to check out. I loved it. Um Move it on here because there's a lot of player topics in this one. You know, this isn't just like six guys in the top ten and it's meh from there. Um, next guy in the draft is Thomas Robinson, who I am completely disappointed in his NBA career. When he came out of Kansas, mm-hmm. I loved him. He goes to Sacramento, and he's got this confidence that him and Boogie are going to be this great front court, and they're going to rebound on everyone. They're going to block shots. They're going to score points. You can't beat him in the paint. And he is now on his fourth NBA team? Let me yeah. let me, let me double-check that. He's a yep. Laker currently. Yep. Kings, Rockets, Blazers, Sixers, Net- sixth NBA team. I undersold it. Since oh, 2012, wow. he has been a King, a Rocket, a Trailblazer, a Sixer, a Net, and a Laker. So, and he's on the Lakers bench, if that tells you anything about where he has been. Um, I thought Thomas Robbs would be so good coming in here uh, out of Kansas. Yeah. I mean, that Kentucky, you know, in the, in the title game, they played Kentucky twice a year in the regular season and the title game. And he played well in both those games. He was out there, you know, putting that stuff out, like, check my stats about Anthony Davis, saying that if you look at his stats, he was better than him. And he is not mm-hmm. even close to being even as mm, – yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that uh, – I think sometimes you can, you can uh, be a um, product of the system, and I think that's what it was for him. I think that Kansas, Kansas players, um, they tend to – have a lot of of things that go well for them in college just because their system is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of the things that they're able to do there at Kansas. And Thomas Robinson, I think, kind of fell into that. Um, I think that when you when you play for a program like Kansas and you have all that hype and publicity, um, I think sometimes you can fall into that trap. And he was one of those guys. I think um, – as you can tell, his NBA career hasn't been uh, the most stellar, um, and he's been you know shipped around and moved around to different places, and and obviously you can tell and put him against Anthony Davis's you know <laughs> NBA career, um, and there's a, a, a drastic contrast. So um, I mean, I am I am disappointed, in Thomas Robinson, because he was a he was a decent player. Um, I don't think he was worthy of the five pick, even when he came out. 
Um, I did like him. I just didn't. I didn't feel like he um, could survive the NBA game. Just not. I mean, not as much as the other guys on this list. I mean, because there's some different guys later on the list that I thought were a lot better than he was. So, like this next guy we're going to talk about. <laughs> oh man, I've been like, I've been like sitting here. I'm not going to lie, like waiting to talk about him because he's my. Dang. He is one of my favorite players in the league. He's so Dame Dollar. good. Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard. He's a good hip hop artist too. While we're at it, yes, uh, he is. He is good. Have you listened to the CD? It's good. Yes, I have. It is very good. He is very good at what he does. Yeah, I'll he is say. a uh, he is a musician, and you can tell. Yeah. So let's talk about Damian Lillard. Now, what makes Damian Lillard's story cool amongst all these other players? So these guys came from Kentucky, Florida, Syracuse, Kansas, North Carolina. Connecticut. This is a kid that came from Weber State. Now, if you can point that out on the map, if you're not from there, I'm going to be impressed. So, Damian Lillard was a kid from a small school that was drafted in the top six of the NBA lottery that went to Portland, who were still recovering from the injuries of Gray Godin and to pay out all that money. Um, mm-hmm. Marcus Aldridge needed some help. And you know, everyone at that time thought Aldridge could be the franchise player. Nope. In comes Damian Lillard, and immediately it's the franchise player. He wins Rookie of the Year, though I still think Anthony Davis should have won that. That's a different topic for a different time. Um, Mm -hmm. But he is just – Damian Lillard has been – ever since he stepped on the court, he has been so fun to watch. And what I think is the coolest thing about Damian Lillard is how loyal he is to Portland. Um, he had the conversation, you know, where they were like, well, everyone goes and plays with super teams. You're going to go to Golden State since you're from there. And his exact tweet was, hell no. And then someone asked him about it last week, and he said, "If he said he wants to stay in Portland. He said, um, his exact words were, I'm willing to not win a title if I can stick in Portland my whole career and we don't win. And mm-hmm. that's a dude you just got to love. Oh, absolutely. I think that uh, <laughs> he he is such an interesting story, man. Damian Lillard, I mean, he's his talent is just so unbelievable, man. And I, I honestly, I really wish, and I know that this is a dream world, but I really wish LaMarcus Aldridge would have stayed there. Me too. Because I really think that they would have been special. Now, I'm not saying that he's not special in doing some things in San Antonio, but... I think those guys could have had had some special because you added you added McCollum, mm-hmm. you put those three together. I mean, I mean that would have been a special special group because Damian Lillard. I mean he. I mean we talk about Steph Curry and we talk about Kyrie Irving and all these other guards. I mean, Dame Lillard is coming, man. That guy. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about fearless competitor, a winner, a scorer. He's willing to do whatever it takes on that basketball court to make his team successful, and that's what he gives. Uh, and I, you know, you remember him a little bit from Weaver State when he was in college, um, just from you know tournament stuff and, and things like that. But what he's been able to do in Portland um, to be able to go against those guards every night and you know put up all kinds of different numbers and do all kinds of special things. I mean, it's it is just uh, it's fun to watch him play consistently every night. He he is a fun watch. He's a game where I, if I'm sitting at the house and 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 there's a Portland game on, I'm going to watch it for him because he's that good. Yeah, man, I'm with you. And not to mention, he's the only guy in this list so far we've named as his own signature sneaker. Yes, it's a weird he, shoe though. I my son has a pair. 
Yeah. I tried on the threes like a few weeks ago because I thought they look really cool. Um, they're not comfortable. So I don't know. I thought I'd like them a lot more. I don't know. He never come. My son never complained about him. He, he was a, uh, he, he got him, uh, probably about uh, six months ago. He really liked him. So, and he, he recognized, of course, my son recognized Damian Lillard and was like, Oh yeah, dad, Damian Lillard. I love those shoes. And he's always been, he's always been a big fan of his. So it was cool to see. Oh yes, he is. So, looking at the rest of the top ten here, uh, Harrison Barnes, obviously a good role player for the Warriors, won a title mm-hmm. there, um, is well known for not for just falling apart in the, in the finals against Cleveland last year, but yes, had, a, had a good year in uh, Dallas this year. Um, Terrence he Ross, did. yeah, he did. Terrence Ross going to uh, play for a few years in Toronto, just traded this past deadline to Orlando for Serge Ibaka. Um, you know, he's a good dunker. He's got some athleticism. Yeah. Um, yes, kinda, he does. Kind of reminds me of Jason Terry a little bit. I think it's just because mm-hmm. they look very similar. They do look very similar. <laughs> um, I would agree with that. And then, of course, there's uh, there's Andre Jumman, who I think could really have a great career still. Had a really bad year this year, just wasn't himself. But double-double center kind of, you know, has that, fits that mold of, like, the Dwight Howards of, like, the true centers. So mm-hmm. I expect him to bounce back. There are rumors that Dwight could play in Detroit next year, which would be the worst thing to happen to Andre Drummond. Not because he'd lose playing time, but, oh, dear God, do not keep keep Dwight away from him. Don't do it. Uh, yeah, I agree. We got Austin Rivers, who was drafted by Nolans also. Um, mm-hmm. And a pick that originally was from Minnesota from the Clippers. Ironically enough, he ends up playing for the Clippers and his dad. This ends up being a really good role player for them, backing up J.J. Redick. Mm-hmm. Once they split up, he'll be starting next year. Um, and of course, oh, do you, th- oh, you think they're going to break them up? They, ha- dude, they have to. They have to. <laughs> I agree. What point? It ain't. It's not working. No, I love Chris Paul. I want Chris Paul to go like to San Antonio. I talk about this on the yeah. show all the time, uh, where he would just go be awesome. And the yeah. rest of this man, it's like guys who you know aren't bad players. It's just uh, you know Miles Leonard has been in the league now, obviously. Jeremy Lamb, who was traded for James Harden, um, mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah. That, it did happen. That happened. It sure did. Kendall Marshall, uh, who is now out of the league. He is out of the league. Yeah. Yeah. My my biggest one here is at 16, Royce White. Do you remember Royce White? Yeah, man. At Iowa I, State. I remember when they played Kentucky in the tournament. He yes. had, He had that thing where he, he was like, he had a dunk, and they went to a timeout, and he's like, I'm the best player on the court. And Darius Miller hit a three on him. Of all people in that Kentucky team, Darius Miller is the one that does it. He goes, no, I'm the best player on the court. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. But if if you remember that tournament and you remember you remember some of the things he was able to do at, during that season, I mean, he was phenomenal. I mean, he was uh, he was that guy that was like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, uh, the point forward for them. He scored buckets. I mean, he did. He did all kinds of stuff for them, and he did. He was a special player. Had some mental health issues. Then, uh, like, wouldn't get on planes. Like, he was, he was an odd bird, man. But he, he was a, he was a very, very good player. Yeah. It was, I was kind of little. I was a little disappointed that we, he never got a chance to get, in, get onto an NBA roster. Even though he did play. Um, I think he played a little bit in the D League, but I don't think it ever really was much of anything. But that that was one that kind of kind of sticks out to me as far as in that list because he was he was a really good player um, at Iowa State. Yeah, he was. I, I completely agree. 
Um, yeah, so we, I mean, he's got good on stretch. So Terrence Jones, obviously, we're going to talk about all these Kentucky kids. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still a kid I like. I think he could still be a good role player somewhere. I thought him signing with the Pacers would have made a ton of sense this year. And obviously, that didn't happen. He went to Milwaukee, and they cut him right before the draft, uh, right before the playoffs. Um, right. Jared Sollinger, who I just wish he could get his weight back in order because he was such a good role player for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then um, we keep going through this list. Uh, John Jenkins from Vanderbilt, who I loved. Uh, yes. He's still in the D-League, so he's still trying to get a shot there. Another Plumley, And then, Ben, there's this pick at number 29 to my beloved Chicago Bulls of, oh, um, uh, Marquise Teague, who, um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Man, I will tell you what. So I, I talk about this all the time. I remember Chad Ford on draft night when the Bulls took him at 29. And Chad Ford being like, I'm shocked he's still on the board. This is a great pick for Chicago as they're going through the uncertainty of Derrick Rose. If Rose does come back, he could be a great starter for this team. No, none of that happened. He was awful. Um, no, yeah. He's still bad. He's playing for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. I guess he thinks he's going to back up his brother in Indy next year, but that's not going to happen because he's not good enough to be an NBA player. Um, so now this is a fun second round. Yes, it is. Obviously, the obvious is Draymond Green, who is the best dick-kicking defensive player in the league. <laughs> um, Man, I'd say, tell you what. Uh, you caught me with that one. That was funny. Yeah, there's uh, there's our boy Jay Crowder, who, are you talking about the love, Celtics team, their great defense? Love Jay Crowder. Yeah. Love Jay Crowder. Let's talk about Draymond for a minute, man, because this is a kid that I don't even remember what his knack was. Like, Izzo loved him in Michigan State. Um, Day-Day was One of my his, favorites. Yeah. yeah. Day-Day was his dude. Like, I thought for sure that he would be a first-round pick. Dropped in the second round, and it's probably the, the biggest steal in the draft in the last – Ten years? Oh yeah, easy, easy. They stole Draymond Green, man. That's that. Uh, Dr- Draymond Green, and I, and of course we remember him going through the tournament and all this stuff. I mean, he was. I, I don't even know really how to describe it. He was like the. Uh, I don't even know how to put it. But he was just a guy that that could do a lot of things well for Michigan State. Like he, mm-hmm. like he was their rebounder. I mean, he he had assists. I mean, it's kind of like what you see now, and it's kind of like what you see now him at Golden State. I mean, he does did does pretty much everything. For yeah, them. he does. I mean, that guy. Uh, people talk about Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Durant, but that to me, like that train don't roll without Draymond. Draymond oh, is their defense. Draymond's their defense. Draymond's their toughness. He's their attitude. He's why they have a swagger. Like you know, everybody else just thinks of Steph Curry as a shooter, and you know he, you know, does all these things. Um, but without without Draymond, you know, anchoring that defense, I mean, he's the guy that gives those guys that swagger, man. Like he. He makes them let it be known, like, we are the best team. I don't care what anybody says. We are the best team in the league. We are the best team going. Cleveland can't beat us. Nobody in the West can beat us. I mean, and 
you got to believe him because, I mean, that team has won 73 games. They've got an NBA title, and and they're going for another one. I mean, it's – and it, I think Draymond is the guy that puts all that together. I mean, I like Clay and I like Curry, and I, I, I like KD. Me too. I like all those guys. But but to me, Draymond is, is that dude. Like, he is the guy that kind of puts it all together and says, all right, this is how we're going to get this done. Yeah, man, I agree. Um, you and know, to steal him and to steal him in the second round, uh, the thirty-fifth pick. I mean, that is just, you know. Now, I will say this: Draymond was a player. I did not know he was going to turn out into the beast that he is right no, now. No, none of us did. I mean, you could never, you could never forecast what he is now to that team. I mean, it's like saying, "Oh, yeah, we we knew." We knew that uh, Scottie Pippen would come in and just, you know, be the Robin to Jordan's Batman. Like, nobody knew Scottie Pippen was going to be Scottie Pippen. He came out of Central Arkansas. Nobody knew what he was going to be until he stepped on the court. And he was. they were like, man, this kid's a freak. I mean, he's got long arms. He's 6'7", can jump out of the gym, can guard from 1 to 4 on, on the defensive side. Nobody knew what Pippen was until Pippen got on the floor with Jordan. So now that I mean that's kind of where we were with Draymond. Draymond, nobody knew Draymond. I mean, nobody knew that Draymond was a great player for Izzo. Izzo loved him. He was a glue guy for Michigan State. But I mean, this guy—he's most likely probably going to be the defensive player of the year this year. I mean, and he—he he carries that team swagger with him. He makes them who they are. He gives them that attitude and that toughness. I 100 percent agree. Um, now we all know anyone that listens to the show knows I don't really like him much, but that's because I don't like the Warriors. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I res- fully respect his game because he is a great player. Um, we're talking about a guy that, yes, he's an undersized power forward, but he's still a power forward that led the league in steals this year. Mm-hmm. He has won a title. He's a two-time All-Star. He is two-time All-NBA for, uh, defensive first team, All-NBA second team. And his is you know he was Big Ten Player of the Year, his first team All-Big Ten. He's mm-hmm. did, he just did a lot of awesome things there in Michigan State coming to this draft. And he has definitely, you know, grown so much with his game. And he's a punk. He's totally a punk. But like he you is. said. He's, he's got some punk stuff in him. He's Absolutely. Got, he's Rodman, man. He's he's just Rodman, you know? Like, that's how I think it's the best <laughs> way to look at him. Which, yes, I yeah. loved Rodman. I know that's he's, critical. Yeah, he's Rodman, with, he's, Rodman with a, he's Rodman with a jump shot. He's actually, like, Young Robin, because Young Robin with the Pistons had a jump shot, and and played uh, really well offensively. If you, I mean, I know you're the baby of the show. I remember when Robin could shoot jumpers, and I remember when Robin averaged 12, 13 points a game, and with it getting 16, 17 rebounds and guarding Michael Jordan in the playoffs, and like I, I, you know, I remember when Robin could do those things before he came the dress wearing guy and. The crazy hair and and you know the piercings and all that stuff. He Draymond is like that, and as much as he hates to say it, he is the closest thing to Charles Barkley that we've had in the last twenty years. Because I mean, Barkley, Barkley to me for his size um, was able to do some amazing, amazing things, and so does Draymond. I think Draymond is able to do that as well. So um, shout out to him, even though. He's a punk, and he plays for Golden State. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
I completely agree. <laughs> but, you know, going through the second round, there's a couple of guys, too, also, who have really stuck in the league and really found their niche there. Um, Chris Middleton, who the Pistons mm-hmm. drafted that year, they gave up on him way too soon because he's been a really they good role player for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Will Barton for the Nuggets. I love Will Barton, a guy the Blazers gave up on too soon. Uh, could have been a really good role player with Lillard McCollum. Um, Deron Lamb obviously didn't stick. You know, had a little no. run in um, Orlando for a bit. Played with Milwaukee for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Darius Miller, another guy who I loved at Kentucky. Did not last too long. Uh, Kyle O'Quinn, who I said for months should be the Knicks starting center. He he was in this draft in the second round. And that's, a, that's a good pick for him. Yeah, I still like well, him good. It was a good pick for Orlando and wound up now being for the Knicks. I mean... Yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a tough player. There's a lot of good undrafted guys in this draft too. So talking about right now, the Spurs playing. Jonathan Simmons was undrafted. He was in this draft. He has finally found his way into the league from working his ass off. Props to the young man. Kent Bazemore of the Atlanta Hawks is undrafted player. Also was a Warrior, and he was. They um did not keep him around, obviously. Um, Jamichael Green playing for Memphis with uh my new favorite coach David Fisdale. Getting that, getting that angry Love attitude. that fizzy. He's awesome, Fizzy, man. baby. He is awesome. <laughs> Gotta love fizzy. And, yeah, so this was a pretty loaded draft where a lot of guys really got a chance to put their name out there and make things happen. And you've seen a lot of guys take that ball and run. So, Ben, mm-hmm. that's going to make this segment really difficult as we go through and re- we repick the top ten of this draft. Yes, so, absolutely. The 2012 draft, now we remember, I had the first pick in 92. And I have a feeling that this tradition we've had where we haven't changed the first pick of the draft is going to continue here. As you were on the board as New Orleans Pella Hornets. Pella Hornets. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, got to stay Anthony Davis, man. I think that the tradition continues. Um, I think Anthony Davis... He's another guy I think his best is still yet to come. I mean, he's battled some injuries, but he's still been an all-star. You know, he's still been a guy that has been able to play in this league at a very high level. Um, I just think that he is, the sky is the limit for him. Yeah. The sky is the limit for Anthony Davis. I think that he is phenomenal player, of, um, and he's done some amazing things so far, and he's got some amazing things to come, so... Absolutely, he's the man that's going to lead that that uh, Pella Hornets um, in the next ten years to come. So, absolutely, <laughs> my my uh, my pick would be Anthony Davis. All right, that's fair. So that means I'm the Charlotte Horncats um, by that <laughs> by that by how that goes. Um, like I told you, I love Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I think he's a great glue guy in this league, and I think the best is yet to come for him as he continues to get better on the offensive side of the ball. But we just spent five minutes talking about Draymond Green. Oh, and, man, absolutely. Absolutely. And we've taken second-round picks to put them in the first round before. We haven't yes, put we them have. as high as two. Draymond is the second-best player in this draft right now in the NBA. And absolutely. That is not a stretch to say, even with Damian Lillard in there. Um, I think you put Draymond there with Kemba Walker. They would have been such a nasty duo. Uh, mm. Steve Clifford being a great defensive coach having Draymond, that would have been disgusting to see the things he could have done with having Draymond. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Kimball Walker, Draymond, a combo. And, I, I mean, that also would have given Draymond 
uh, a chance to be able to do a little bit more offensively. Um, and on top of that, then you have Kimball Walker who's coming into his own as well. So that would have been that would have been nasty to see those two together. And Michael Jordan would have looked like a genius. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, pick three. Pick three. We have Bradley Beal. Man, that's, that's this is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's been amazing. He has, and I and I hate. Yeah, I got to keep him there because he is. Like I said earlier, he is the Robin to John Wall's Batman. He fits it perfectly, and he had. I mean, and he has done some amazing things in the league. Um, he averages seventeen. 17 points, almost 18 points a game, uh, next to John Wall. Um, if he can, I mean, if he stays healthy, like I said, those two stay healthy together, um, and they add one more piece to the puzzle. Uh, that's going to be a scary, scary franchise in the next five to seven years. So I like Bradley Beal there. I think I'm going to keep him there at three. Okay, I can get behind that. Man, the Cavs pick here is hard, too, because selfishly, for the sake of fun, I want to put Damian Lillard there. Oh, man, absolutely. <laughs> Kyrie, absolutely. Lillard, Braun, and Love. Now, yeah. granted, if they got Lillard, probably none of that happens. But, right, right. Um, I guess if I have to be rational here, which, that's no fun, um, I'll keep Dion Waiters in that pick. Uh, obviously, you know, something just didn't click when, when LeBron went back to Cleveland. For some reason, mm-hmm. as much as he wanted Deion Waiters to be good and work with him, it just couldn't work out. So right. I thought him I thought him and Kyrie could have really been a really good backcourt duo. And now don't be wrong, JR has been great for that team. Mm-hmm. Amon Shumpert's been really good when he's had to be. Um, but I think if you know Waiters had bought into the system that LeBron wanted, they could have been pretty special as a group. Not that they're yeah. not already, but he could have been he could have been a part of something special. Yeah, and I think that I think too that Waiters had to some had some growing up to do, mm-hmm. um, and I think he's done that now by buying into a system down there in Miami and doing Me too. doing this thing. You know, sometimes it's just timing. Um, you know, sometimes it's just timing, and if if you know if they had got him a little bit um, later in his years where he'd got a chance to grow a little bit, I think that would have worked, um, but. At the time being, you know, Deion Waiters was young, and he had to, he probably had to have these trials and move around and get traded in order for him to grow and and uh, become the player he is now. So I mean, but but Deion Waiters, <clears throat> Deion Waiters would have been a great pick. Shoot, Damian Lillard would have been a great pick there. I mean, that's yeah. Um, you, you pair anybody with LeBron, ninety five percent, you know, ninety five percent of the time, there's going to be going to be a lot of success. So, yeah. heck, if he can make Mario Chalmers look good, I mean, what what can't LeBron do? That is true. That is true. <laughs> you know, so. So you are the fifth pick here. The Kings. Oh, yeah. That, um, uh, yeah, I got to move my man Dame Dollar up. Ooh. Um, I put him there. You put him there. You got. You get a. Uh, a, a you know they move some trades around later on. They get Rudy Gay, um, who's there now. And then you get a Demarcus Cousins. Um, that gives you a legit point guard and inside presence and a wing that can score. Um, I think that Lillard. Um, and you think about this too. Poor, you know, poor Demarcus Cousins. I mean, he's never really had a guy 
point guard wise that could do the things that Lillard done. Like he had mm-hmm. Rondo for the one year, but Rondo wasn't a scorer. Yeah, they didn't play um, Isaiah Thomas enough when he was. They there. They didn't play Isaiah Thomas enough when he was there because Isaiah was one of those guys. I mean, I wouldn't say he was a Deion Waiters guy. I don't think it was a maturity issue for Isaiah. Uh, I think it was more system based, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was more just belief in Isaiah because he's such a small guy. But you put. You know, you you have a Lillard there who came into the league, you know, kind of polished and a scoring threat. And you put him with uh, DeMarcus Cousins, and then you trade for a Rudy Gay. You pick up a Rudy Gay. Um, who knows how that how that puzzle works itself out? But at least it gives them another scoring threat with Lillard, um, and it also gives them something different uh, for DeMarcus Cousins because he hasn't had that. So. And he still doesn't have that. I mean, I mean, he's with Anthony Davis, but they don't have anybody else. It's just the two of them. So, um, I might argue that only because I like Drew Holiday more than some people do. I think. Oh, you, do you like Drew Holiday? I do, man. I think he's kind of like the Andy Dalton of the NBA, where people like he's the line. You know, like if it's is it's if it's a, if he's better than him, he's a starter. If he's not, he's not. I think he's that guy in the NBA. Okay. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. I could definitely see that. We all know I love my Andy Dalton, though. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Your love <laughs> for Andy Dalton. No doubt. Oh, man. You made this hard for me at Portland, man. You got to go steal my, steal my thunder there. Ah. Oh, yeah. Because there aren't really... I'm going to put Marquise Teague there. Marquise I'm, Teague at... I was going to say... I'm well, kidding. I'm kidding, guys. I'm I was kidding. Like, I was like, hey, he's right. They tried that. Remember, your Bulls tried that. Yeah, yeah. Man... <laughs> We can't drink on this show, so let's not bring that back up. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I guess at that point I'm going to go best player available, which at that mm-hmm. point was probably Michael Kidd-Gilchrist or Harrison Barnes. I would say Harrison Barnes here. Um, okay. I know you know they're about to take Mo Harkless in this draft a little later, but Aldridge and Barnes could have been a really good forward duo there. I really liked Harrison Barnes coming out of UNC. And mm-hmm. You know, he has been a very good fit to a role player. I really think that he was kind of a solidifying piece for Mark Jackson when he was there putting that Golden State team together for um, yes. before Kerr came in. So I, I like Harrison Barnes, man. I would I would totally love to put him there. Oh yeah, that's 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 a good pick. I would like Harrison Barnes there. That that would be nice. I, like you said, you have him, you have a Harrison Barnes, and you you have a bring in a CJ McCollum, and you keep. Hold on to uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, and and that can uh, that could be that could be something special. So I like that pick. Um, where are we at here? Golden State at seven. They just got Steph the year before. Ooh we. Uh, you know what? I, I and I don't know if this guy could do the same things. Um. I don't know if he could do the same things as, as Draymond, but I, I, I'm i a big Andre Drummond guy. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that you give him give him the opportunity, you put him with a shooter like Steph, you bring in, you know, you get Clay. Um I think that I think that I think Andre Drummond could do some special things there, uh, with those with that talent around him. Um he gives you a solid presence on the inside. Um, 
you know, he's a 14, 14 point, 13 rebound guy, um, kind of like Draymond, just without the shooting. Now, you wouldn't get the same kind of, of uh, bravado and swagger, mm-hmm. but you would still, but Draymond would still give you that presence of uh, a defensive minded individual there. So, I kind of, I, I think I'd put Andre Drummond there. I agree with that because if you look at this run that Golden State's been on, look at the centers they've had. Now, JaVale McGee's been pretty good for him this year, don't get me wrong. But yes, he has. Bogut, Zaza, you know, those aren't exactly guys that you can go to, you feel you can go to battle with if you, if one of those guys is hurt and can't play in the finals. So I, I agree with you. If you put Drum in there with Curry, with Steph, let's say they do end up getting Draymond, uh, you know, in this draft still in that later point, for example, um, that could be. There'd be no need for Kevin Durant. Correct. Absolutely. So that puts Absolutely. me at eight with Toronto, who took Terrence Ross. Mm, man, that's hard. Um, you know, at this point, they did already have Demar Derozan. They didn't get Lowry yet, and you know, they haven't. They weren't really the Toronto Raptors we know four or five years later. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with a guy that a lot of people are really up and down on. Um, I think that he can really has. You know, he's a really good shooter off the bench, and he could really do some good things in this league, and you saw it for the Clippers these past few years. I'm going to go with Austin Rivers. Um, I know Doc's going to probably trade for him. But... <laughs> right. Yeah, you're not going to have him long. <laughs> right. But I think when Toronto at this point is really building their scoring, and, you know, they get DDR, they're about to get Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry. Um, the guys they've traded for are scorers, like Patrick Patterson, players like, um, you know, players like that. So I think getting another scorer could have been big for what Toronto was trying to build for the future. I would agree. Austin Rivers is very – I mean, I know it's it's tough because he does play for his dad and everybody has, but Austin Rivers is a solid player. Um, and if you remember him coming out of Duke, I mean, the thing I remember about him the most is that he was a solid player and he was a good leader. Um, and you see that with the Clippers some too when, um, you know, when Chris Paul went down, Austin Rivers led that team and led them down the stretch in some big key games. So – until he got injured, but, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I like I like Austin Rivers here. That's a good pick. Yeah. So you just took Drummond at Golden State. Where does Detroit go now? Because we know it's Stan Van Gundy, and this is probably the first time he got a draft pick right in his career. Yeah, I mean he's his batting average isn't very good. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm Detroit and I take the best player available on my board, um, it would probably be Michael K. Gilchrist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the best player. I'm assuming that would be the best player on their board after all those guys are gone. Um, I would hope that nobody would have Terrence Ross over Michael K. Gilchrist. But <laughs> <laughs> I've seen crazier things. But no, Michael K. Gilchrist would be, would, be my, uh, would be my pick there at Detroit. Um, another young scorer, uh, defensive-minded individual. Um, you know, the Stan Van Gundy likes defense, or I mean, at least he says he likes defense. It seems you don't play it very well, but um, but yeah, he's a he's another young gun guy you could put there. And I mean, he's you know you you're bringing in some guys in in there uh, that he's brought in. I think that I think he would fit there well. My old kid, girl, Chris Barrett, with Detroit. I dig that. So I'm going to get a little crafty here at the last pick of this one, Ben. So the New Orleans, Absolutely. The New Orleans Pella Hornets have, this, have the 10th pick again. They've just taken AD with the first pick. And Absolutely. 
I'm thinking that if I'm there, Monty Williams is the coach at the time. Monty's probably thinking, you know what, this guy's going to be my center. He's not going to be my four. So, mm-hmm. in that case, I need a four. And you know who's going to be there in just a little bit, and we can take him when we have a chance before the Bucks doing a few picks? I'm going to take John Henson from North Carolina because mm. I really like Henson's game. Now, he's not a star. He's not going to go out there and score 40 for you one night and 20 the next. He's not going to get 15 rebounds and four blocks a game. But he is a solid player. And if you look at what they have now other than Davis and Boogie as far as that group of forwards, Solomon Hill, eh, you know? Yeah. You know, they got a lot of S on that team yeah, at that point. they do. So I think John Henson could have really solidified that New Orleans Pelo Hornets lineup. And, you know, he could have been a really good trade piece when they tried to get Boogie from Sacramento this year. Man, that's a good point. Yeah, because he would have been trade bait for sure. Oh, God, yeah. And, then, and, then, and the, I mean, it all would have worked out in the end. But, yeah, John Henson would have been would have been a solid solid pick for them. He'd have played the five for them and let Anthony Davis play the four and like you said, he's a he is a um he's a decent defender. Um you know, for the minutes played, I mean he, he still averages seven points and five rebounds. Mm-hmm. I mean he I, I would assume he probably only plays about fifteen to seventeen minutes a game. So that those are pretty decent numbers. Yeah, he backs um, up he backs up the Greek freak, so Yeah. So which <laughs> He's That's not going to see much playing time then. No, he's not. And the Greek Freak is another subject for another day. Gosh, jeez. <laughs> I know. That he's, guy. That guy. He's so fun. <laughs> he's so, so fun. But yeah. Yes, he is. He is. Uh-huh. But yeah, John John Henson would be a good pick there. I, I, I like that pick. I do too. All right, man, so that's going to go and knock out the 2012 draft edition of Here Come the Young Guns. So you picked a good one, man. I'm gonna, uh, let's keep... Let's keep this rolling. You're on a roll right now. Where, where are we going next? Right? Where are we going next episode? Oh man, let's see here. What was it? I was looking at an, a draft uh, the other day, and I was like, "Man, that would be a fun draft to do." And I now I had to look back through my memoirs and see. Uh, I wanted to say I was looking at two thousand and eight. I think it was the one I was looking at. 2008 NBA draft. Yes, so you're looking at uh, Westbrook, D. Rose. yes. That draft. Yes. Yeah, that was the one I think I was looking at the other day, and I was like, gosh, man, I would really like to look at that one and do some repicks because you're looking through it, and you see some of the guys that went late in that draft, and you're like, I know that guy. After the the NBA career he's had, I know that guy would be a top ten pick. So what you're and saying some, is you're going to give me an opportunity to gush about Derrick Rose on a podcast? I don't know if I can do that, man. I don't know. Oh, hey, man. Hey, you, you will have ample time to give me the Derrick Rose rundown and your love affair of Derrick Rose coming out of the University of Memphis. Uh, all right, so from Simmons High School in I'll t- Chicago. I'll tell you a prequel to this to that episode. So when the Bulls won the lottery that year when they had a 1% chance of winning, mm-hmm. I cried. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe that. I, and I believe it was full man tears, too. Oh, it was full man tears. <laughs> yeah, it was, man. But with that being said, we will go ahead and wrap up this week's edition of Here Come the Young Guns. It was a go through previous NBA drafts. 
Thanks again. Don't forget to check out this week's show of uh, the Corner 3 Podcast on Fridays. We're going to be talking the Cavs' dominance, um, the Celtics' saltiness, and the rest of the playoffs. Everyone, have a good one. Ben, always a pleasure, my man. Absolutely, man. Take care of yourself. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.